after Atlanta, I think I'll let you talk to my dad and see if we can convince him to get on the show. Yes! Poppy. Poppy Edwards. Oh, Lord. Big Papa Edwards. Poppy Nada. Yes. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. In a minute, cuz. We live. We live. Welcome to a happy Halloween edition of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Some of us are a little tired this morning. I am tired every single morning. Nada, a little bit more tired this time. And yes. Nada spent a little bit more time out after the Charlotte Hornets game last night yes, than I he did. certainly intended to. And it was weird because Nada, basically, we both went to the James Borrego press conference. And mm-hmm. then as we were heading out, you know, you take the elevator all the way up to the main floor and then we walk out. And then there's still quite a little bit of a walk there. It's a block and a half at least. Yeah, at least a block and a half of a walk to get back to the media parking lot, which Nada was indeed parked in. And so we were both heading that way, but Nada very awkwardly at the end of us walking out of the gym after walking out of the arena, he daps me up, says, all right, homie, I'll see you. See you, Nada. And then I, I I'm and hightails it in the same exact direction. That's always the weirdest thing, right? When you dap somebody up and then you walk in the same I direction. Had, I had places to go. I had people to see. Man. But and it was and it was weird because it was like in I don't know how many paces in front of me. It wasn't too many. But then we were walking the same direction. Yeah. And then instead of going home like you really wanted to do, you actually went out on the town last night. Uh, out on the town is a bit much, but yeah, I did go out. All right. Well, not as feeling the effects of last night a little bit, so he is here tired today. Doug, how are you feeling? Well, so what happened to you guys is what my friends and I referred to in college as when DAP goes wrong. Yes. You had this, you had this awkward DAP situation. Now, well, and the DAP was – it felt right. The DAP felt, felt right. right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, and I think maybe one of Listen, them was in the blind because I didn't I, – me, because I didn't know Nada was still going to go in the same direction. Neither but, did I. But listen, DAP is 30% physical and 70% mental. No, and you're right. It's, it's contextual. Wait, 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 you wait, have wait. to understand the context of the DAP to, to really determine whether the DAP was right or wrong. Yours was clearly wrong because you were heading in the right direction. Now – as a DAPologist, I've studied this very closely. Yeah. There is a great way to get out of this awkward DAP situation, and that's by having Bluetooth headphones. <laughs> the one person putting in Bluetooth headphones signifies we've DAPed. We may be going in the same direction, but I got to listen to my podcast or my music right now. So our communication has now ended. Yeah. It's clean. Well, and this goes back to a previous conversation we've had on this podcast before where we have talked about you being in a bar and the waiter would just not shut up and would ask you a bunch of questions. And that is one thing that you could obviously do to signify to them, hey, I'm done, man. It doesn't work because people don't respect the Bluetooth headphone signal sometimes. But it is it is one remedy that that you can make. But what about if you're homies though? Like legit, I mean, it, it's not acquaintances. This is somebody that you see every day. This is not somebody that you actually. Okay, you know, I see it, you every day. I'm gonna listen to my podcast real quick. Is it like that? Yeah, I'll I, see you tomorrow. I, I don't know these rules apparently that yeah. well. If it if it was if it was like that, and hopefully if he's your homie, he understands what what uh, crossroads, what dap crossroads. You have put yourself in what awkward position you put yourself in. And if I were homies with that guy, I would be like, thank you. Thank you for getting us out of this weird situation. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I think it was kind of put into a weird situation, though, if you ask me. But I digress. 
It's more fine. on Locked On more, Dab. <laughs> more the Locked On Dab coming more at you. I'm Walker Mail alongside Nod Edwards and Doug Branson. Check us out on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Nod of the Scribe, and at Doug Branson LOH. Find the show handle on most social media platforms at Locked On Hornets. Saw a lot of dab on the bench of the Charlotte Hornets last night, and it was good. It wasn't awkward. It was all feeling good on that side of things last night as the Hornets were able to beat the Heat 125 to 113. The biggest topic of discussion that I think has been surrounding the Charlotte Hornets from us and from all the other shows out there, it's been the secondary scoring option. Yes. And lack thereof. We have not been able to find one, certainly consistently. Malik Monk gave us some hope the first couple of games of the season. The one where they were playing against the Milwaukee Bucks, he hit a big shot late, scored a few points, and they had a shot to win. He hit a couple of big jump shots against Miami. They ended up winning. And then here recently, Malik Monk has not been very efficient. Jeremy Lamb has never taken that torch as the secondary scoring option to be consistent. So we were coming into this game last night with our magnifying glass, trying to find who was going to step up. And sure enough, you found three. Exactly. You found Nick Batum. You found Tony Parker. And we found out the best two guard on this team might be Kemba Walker. Tony Parker. Yeah. He had le sauce. <laughs> that's I don't believe that's French. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. That's but, French is easy. Just put lay in front of any English exactly. word you want to put. You got in. it. Um, so Kimba Walker took thirty took I think thirty one shot attempts against Philadelphia, and they lost the game. So clearly the challenge was laid out to several players to take some of the pressure off of Kimba Walker. Kimba attempts fourteen in this one, six of fourteen, four of eight from three. He looked more he looked more rested at the end of this game. And, and he was able to contribute uh, when Miami started their push. But yeah, Batum, 7 of 10, Parker, 8 of 15, Monk, 7 of 10, taking the pressure off of Kemba. That's going to be important moving forward. So one question I guess I have for you guys, when does it leak that Tony yelled at Nick um, and basically everybody and just tore them a new one? between Philly and Miami. Are you saying Miami? you're 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 speculating that yeah. this has happened at some point yeah. and well he didn't play that game. So he was he was plenty rest, right? He didn't play against Philadelphia. That no, he did not. no, he didn't. So he was plenty rested to make that to make that yell. But it, but Nada brings up a good point Walker. It, it seems like Tony Parker is is a vocal leader on this team. JB spoke to it after the game. Yeah, he absolutely did. James Borrego said that this is exactly why they signed Tony Parker. It's that he steps up and he challenges these guys and he's had an individual impact on Kimba Walker, on Malik Monk, on some guys in the backcourt. And what's interesting about Tony Parker, who is coming in here as that vocal leader, right? We've discussed Kimba as this leader before. He is no doubt He's the guy that on the floor you have to count on every single night to help you win games. But vocally, I don't know if Kimball really fits that bill. I don't know if he's the guy that is going to chew you out for something that you did on the court. And Tony Parker, he showed a couple of times. It was visible. You could see him. One, there was a weird exchange between him and maybe Malik Monk coming down the floor once there was another exchange MKG. where he had one with mkg where mkg wasn't pushing it up the floor and tony parker and mkg had a little bit of a conversation there and also there was one that rick Bennell and steve reed caught where it was on the bench tony parker chewed out billy hernan gomez and billy was billy later on wouldn't get into the specifics but he said we basically just had a little bit of a class session right there where he taught me so something was it in out spanish or was it in french i don't know what language it was in but i think we could all tell at least the mood of that discussion and it was not pretty from tony's side of things and so a couple of questions that i have one 
Tony Parker, is this somebody who, if he continues to do this, because we saw a bunch of incidents from this last night, and then he, and they ended up winning. Is that going to run its course with some mm-hmm. of these guys? Or does he have enough clout for him to be able to do this over the course of an 82-game regular season and nobody have any problem with it? I mean, saying I got four rings while it works. Rangs? Yeah, four rangs. Say it again. Oh, those That's what language he was speaking. Yeah. Golden, golden, silver, and platinum. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ranks. It's low ranks. These, these big diamonds. That's right. So, I, again, four rangs only goes so far. Porcha rings. Do people get pissed? Probably. Like four. And rings. then, and then, who gets pissed? Because can can Billy? Does he have the clout to get pissed? Oh, no. Does Kimba? Right? Like, is Kimba going to be that guy that maybe hasn't been in the league nearly as long as Tony? But he's kind of a star. I mean, he certainly is a star for this team. He's kind of growing into more of a star right now in front of our eyes nationally. You know, who has the clout to be pissed at Tony Parker? Do you need one? Does it really hurt some of the locker room chemistry there as it starts to wane? Or, again, is Tony just going to be some guy that nobody steps up to because it's Tony freaking Parker? Speaking Ringlish. <laughs> I mean- hey, but, hey, but seriously, so I, I get what you're saying, Walker, that it may it may wear thin, but it only wears thin if more L's hit the record. If the, if True. they win, then all of a sudden he's— Well, what if they're 500, right? I mean, because this isn't a I team— think I think these guys can take it. They haven't had this. This is foreign to them. They haven't had this for the past few seasons, and guess what? The past few seasons, they've underwhelmed. True. And so I, I think they can take it, especially from a— player of his stature he's been on winning organizations before he knows what it takes and I'm sure Tony is giving them constructive criticism saying hey you need to be here and that's always what Steve Clifford would say when when he would discuss talking to players it's not that you can't criticize them it's that you have to bring them information that they can use and I think Tony's going to do and that. it and then I'm with you I'm asking the question because it seems like a lot for a team to take especially if there's one person that's constantly like that we saw them win by 12 last night then they had a big lead for the most part of that game and we saw a bunch of incidents where Tony was taking it to one of his players that and Dwayne Wade was hitting threes and giving me PTSD yeah well that's <laughs> Dwayne Wade I looked up the we looked up the stats for Dwayne Wade at the Spectrum Center. It's nothing too alarming as far as his three-point shooting goes, but it seems like that guy hits a big three every time he comes here to Charlotte. And his field goal percentage, it does go up a little bit, Doug, right? I mean, his this is somebody that does turn it up when he plays the Hornets away. Yes, I do have those stats pulled up, ready to go. Ready to go. 2014-15, all the way back then, Dwayne Wade on the road in Charlotte, 43.6% field goal percentage versus 35% in Miami. Switch this over to 2015-16. 51% in Charlotte, 34.5% in Miami. Wow, yeah. So going on, I mean, I could keep going. No, it's fine. I think point is taken. Do we need three to set the stage? or is 42% two on the road again. So above 40% field goal percentage on the road in 2016-17. Hmm. That's good. All right. He's good in Charlotte. Now, he's good in Charlotte. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Maybe he still remembers Purple Shirt Guy because that's the one everybody brings up. But maybe he remembers it. Yeah, and that's yeah. when he went he on does. the three explosion like he did last night. Unbelievable. Dwayne Wade, man, he does not like the Charlotte Hornets, and I won't believe the Hornets fans like him for what he does here every time he comes to Charlotte. If you want to support our show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community for as little as $1 a month. You can help us keep making the Daily Hornets content that you've come to trust. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. There's a link in the description of this episode. 
You can get entered into our contest for free bobbleheads and tickets and get access to content before anyone else. Patreon.com slash LOH. Every dollar goes to making this the best Hornets talk in all of Charlotte. If we could make a Charlotte Hornet Frankenstein, how would we build him? Stick around and listen to that next here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. So wait a minute. Do we value players that forget plays all of a sudden? I thought we were <laughs> we loved LeBron James because he remembered he could cite to you every single play from every game he's ever played in. Now all of a sudden, we like players who have no idea what happened on the previous play. I don't think you want him to play scared, right? It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We still have a Patreon question to get to from Dwayne, so thanks to Dwayne for sending in his question via Patreon. And as we just said, if you want to send your question in via Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash LOH and you can subscribe to us and get a whole bunch of free stuff and fun stuff and ask us questions that we will answer in turn on air. So Halloween edition of the Lockdown Hornets podcast here today. So let's lead off with a couple of Halloween-themed Charlotte Hornets questions. So one... What's been more frightening, how much the Hornets have relied on Kimba Walker or how much the Hornets rely on Cody Zeller? Push. It's tough, right? It's a push. I mean, we all remember a couple of years ago the stat that had been thrown out so many times. It was yeah. it was a constant. What was it, 3-17? and 17, The Hornets went without Cody MKG Zeller on the stat. floor. And it was... It was something that the Hornets really relied on. And then when Cody Zeller, he's not in the game, the Hornets kind of struggle at times. And you could argue that James Borrego could have pulled, could have played Cody Zeller in that Milwaukee Bucks game down the stretch rather than Billy. And it might have made a difference in them winning that game. I mean, there have been times where I think you could have seen Cody Zeller come into these games and make an impact. I think he does have a huge impact on this team. And it's funny to see how much the Hornets rely on him. And Kimba, no brainer there. I mean, he's the only all star you're going to rely on him like hell. The answer to this question is undoubtedly Kimba Walker, but I think Cody Zeller so far this season has made a case that he is 1A because he has he unlocks so much for this team defensively, running out in transition, and now he's expanding his game. And while he's not a legitimate three-point threat, I think it's it's more reasonable now to say that he could be a three-point threat in the future. And just everything that JB has done in terms of changes to this offense – and the defense, I think, run around Cody Zeller and through Kimba Walker. Agreed. I do. Th- while I do say push, it again, Cody Zeller's probably been one of the most impactful people on this team outside of probably MKG and Kimba Walker. So I, I can understand why that's he's one A basically underrated offensive rebounding threat too. He's been able to do some of these tap backs that end up in Malik Monk's hands or in Kimba Walker's hands for three point shots. It's an underrated element of of the Hornets second attack. And Billy's pretty awful defensively. We've seen this. And just, not a great screen setter either. No. Well, I mean, there, there are just little things that Cody does that are better. And James Borrego discussed this in the press conference yesterday yep. where he said there will be times where Cody Zeller is just kind of running around almost like a chicken with his head cut off. And you have to wonder what the hell is he doing? But it's all for a purpose. And it creates lanes for some of the guys in the backcourt to streak to the basket or actually get some open looks. And so Cody's running that doesn't look all that pur- purposeful. It actually 
actually is when you think about what it does for some of the backcourt guys. Organized Chaos by Cody Zeller. It is. Hey, so I was <laughs> busy I was busy trying to figure out ring puns, uh, ring language puns. I would expect nothing less from you. Right, so I forgot. I have like a lot of these show or a lot of these game notes that I made that I would if you would tie me, just give me 30 seconds. Yeah, let me and pull I'll, up the stopwatch. Please, oh. and I'll I'll go as fast as I can, but I got these things. They're bold in my notes. I have to share them with the people. Oh, no. Okay, so you have you have your notes up ready to go? Are you I, ready I to go right it. now? I I'm, have it ready to go. Okay, 30 seconds. I'm uh-huh. going to give you timer, and you can give us your ring puns now. Go. All right, listen. If nothing else, you have to love Miles Bridges for checking into a game and giving finger guns. I mean, great brand choice. Nobody goes finger guns. There's a little bit of a stigma against finger guns, and I think they're great. Hornets did a great job of disrupting the pass to Magruder in the corner off drives, really limited what he could do. Shout out Monk in the fourth quarter, looking off his defenders behind the head pass to a trailing Cody Zeller. Huge Ten play. Seconds. Without Max Elite Kimba, that's the best punch the Hornets can throw. I don't know how often they could Five. realistically throw it, but it's a great balanced punch. Woo! Nice job. Ho-ho! Nice job. Way to end on that. Oh! That is a good sense of time from you. That is yeah. an excellent sense of time from you. And the one play, the, the Malik Monk play, where he was able to dish it to Cody Zeller on a fast break, that's yeah. the one I really like there. So great analysis from Doug. If you had trouble catching that, just rewind this again to about a minute now. You can play it in slow like, motion. You that can, exactly. Help. Yeah, you can probably it will help speed. you out a little bit better. But let's get to the important stuff. Now that it is Halloween, of course, what is the best Halloween candy? It's got to be the Jolly Rancher, like full Jolly Rancher sticks. Oh, Jolly Ranchers I haven't had in a long time. Jolly Ranchers are good. And those were one of my favorites as a kid. I will go Twix Bar, the Candy Crunch, the Cookie Crunch. It used to be Milky Way when I was a kid. And then as I grew wiser and older, the cookie just made a world of difference for me. So give oh, me yeah, the it's Twix a, bar. It's, it's the variety of flavor. It, it is. The it. Twix bar is my favorite candy. Excellent choices by both of you. But just like there's a stigma against finger guns, all of a sudden finger guns aren't cool anymore. I and think there's a, there, <laughs> <laughs> Finger gats. There is a stigma against the best Halloween candy, the most longstanding Halloween don't, candy. Don't do it. Don't do it. Candy corn. Oh, come on. I, I didn't know that you were a candy corn guy. This is not planned. We were going to ask the worst Halloween candy, and it's certainly candy corn. It's the worst candy of all time. And I don't know who decided what the official candy of these holidays were going to be, but does anybody besides Doug Branson actually like candy corn? They're or afraid peeps? to speak because of people like you who, who have made this a stigma against candy corn. There are, there are the silent majority of Halloween candy eaters are out there. But, but do you like peeps for Easter as well? Are you a peeps fan? No, I'm not a Peeps fan. Was it who? who decides who, who decides these to be the official holiday candy? Because they had made some extremely bad choices, and candy corn is awful. I don't just like all of the worst things. I just want to make that clear. No, just like, most of them. No, it seems like you do. It seems like you have the worst choice in TV dads, and it seems like you have the worst choice in candy. It seems like you have the worst choice in a lot of things. I'm just honest. I'm just sharing my honest opinion. Well, it, it doesn't mean that it's good. Not a, what's is, is candy corn among the worst Halloween candy out uh, there? Obviously. You uncultured savage, Branson. Thank you. 1880s. Oh. The candy corn has been around. How can something be bad if it's been around since the 1880s? Oh, yeah. there's so many jokes I'm not making there. Uh, I mean, well, <laughs> that's an awful point. It's not the worst point. <laughs> it's it's probably, probably yes, is. Yes, it is. It's, it's such a bad point. Let's move 
move back out to the Charlotte Hornets. Which player on this team besides Kimba can least afford to ghost for a night? Is this similar to the Cody Zeller <laughs> question that we just had? Or is it something different where you think a guy has actually kind Nick of Batum. came onto the scene? If he ghosts for a night, then the Hornets are screwed. Nick You're going with Nick. Nick Batum. Nick Nick wasn't a ghost last night. He was impressive. 20 points for him. Had a lot of those points early. Had, what was it, four rebounds in the first quarter, I believe, before settling on seven for the entire game. Nick defensively was very good last night. He's been good defensively all year. Yeah, he has been. So Nick Batum, not his answer. I'm going to go back to Tony Parker. Well, a lot of what we talked about in the first segment that you know he's just become such an essential uh, role player for this team. Not only his ability to be a vocal leader, but just the basketball contributions. He's not playing like he's 37. He's 37 going on 21. He has a renewed uh, sense of himself, and and he's just playing excellently. So I'll say Tony Parker now, but I'll say if they want to go elite, if they want to be playoff contender, then I think Malik Monk has to become a consistent outside threat night in, night out. The mid-range game has been strong for Tony Parker. He finds his spot in that mid-range, and he's been hitting Tony it Parker. all season long. This Real sauce. quickly, if you could build a Frankenstein player out of Hornets skill sets. Which pieces are you taking to build your Frankenstein? All right, Miles Bridges' body and his athleticism. Then I will take Kemba shooting and, I don't know, Marvin's smarts, Marvin's basketball IQ. Okay. Doug, you got a Frankenstein yeah, like, working on? Let's, let's get Marvin's big old basketball brain in there. Let's get Kemba's sense of style. I mean, let's give it up to that guy. That guy knows how to dress. Kimba yes. does? All yes. right. Yeah, Kimba's got a great sense of style, great shoe choice. I'll take his shoe choice as well. Also, Kimba, a great dancer. Let's get his dance moves in there. Okay. Uh, come back to me. I'll have a few. Anything minutes. else? I mean, do you have your Frankenstein already as a real human in Kimba Walker? Is that the one that you would build here? I mean, yeah, I like it. I like I like seemed, Kimba Walker as a Franken, but we'll swap his. We'll put Marvin's big old brain okay. in there. Okay, yeah, no, that's fine. You can have Marvin's brain, but then everything else just be Kimba. Yeah, I think... If, if you want to make the superhuman, right? I mean, you got to go with Cody Zeller's body because he's athletic and it's somebody. But do can you take MKG's lateral quickness and put it into Cody Zeller's body? Or Whose am coordination I ru- are you putting in am there? I, right, that's what I'm asking. Am I ruining the game by No, going- listen, Frankenstein was a superhuman. So can we put Cody Zeller's seven-foot frame? Can we take Miles Bridges' athleticism? Can we take MKG's defensive ability? Because it says skill sets. What if we just took Frankenstein? Could If we put Frankenstein on the Hornets right now, would they be a finals contender? Well, if, if we're going with I'm, Frankenstein, I mean, the guy couldn't move, though, right? I mean, he's a superhuman, but only in the fact that he resurrected from the dead, not in the fact that he was athletically gifted. Why are we going gifted. Frankenstein at all? Why are we, why are we going getting Team Wolf? Let's go get Scott Howard, man. Hold on. Now you're, you're Teen just— Teen Wolf would be the better answer here. I mean, it is Halloween. It does fall within the Halloween mantra, and Teen Wolf, absolutely a better answer to see who could play basketball better. That's fine, but if you put Frankenstein underneath the basket, no one's challenging that. That's an automatic bucket. How tall is Frankenstein in real life? Is he eight foot? I mean, if he, we've, I'll we've look got, this up. we've I'll got, look, set, oh no. we, we've already seen Shaq come through the NBA. I mean, we, we've got guys that are bigger than Frankenstein is now. While you're looking that up, real quickly, two point four meters, eight foot tall. He's eight feet tall. So, sorry, uh, sorry for the metric system. I, I know, there. I know, my monsters at the top of the dome. So eight feet tall. Yeah, but we've seen the guys. tallest basketball player ever, and with superhuman strength. Yeah, yes, but, with the lateral quickness of a brick loader. Right. I mean, he can't move. He would change the NBA. He would change it back. 
Shaq. He would he would be the Steph Curry level force. You would have would... Vivek in Sacramento. He would just want him to stay home on defense and then play the cherry picking strategy. Vivek would absolutely exactly. draft Frankenstein. Let's get on the horn. Let's make this happen. I'm calling locked on Kings. That would be the number one overall draft choice for the Sacramento Kings. How old is too old to trick or treat before we take one more break? If we had you, this discussion on the wake-up call. If you're old enough to work at Chick-fil-A, you are officially too old to trick-or-treat. Um, what, what do child labor laws ensue that answer to be? Is that 16? 16. 16? Okay, 16. There you go. Well, there's the whole, like, you're old at heart or you're young at heart. What if you're young at heart? Can you still no, pull it no, off? No, that's that's how no. creepy things happen. All right, Doug, what's going to be the trick-or-treat age? Or you mean, are you cutting it off? It seems like it's going to be pretty high. I feel like, you know, 31, right? right? Like right. I'm wait, 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 I can good. still do it, right? Wait, 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 wait hold up, hold up, hold up. You have your costume and you're set to go trick or treating tonight, aren't you? Now listen, whether or not I have no, 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 a full wizard get up is not a part of this discussion. <laughs> no, 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 answer the question. You're going trick or treating tonight, aren't you? I'm going as Kimba Walker with Marvin Williams brain. D- Doug contributing to his trash takes as he always uh, does here. I'm going after Doug. that candy corn. <laughs> yeah, we are coming to you from the getemer.com studios. In Uptown Charlotte, if you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. We get to our Patreon question from Dwayne next here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Stores never run out of candy corn. This is Locked on Hornets. And I'm, I have plenty of hurricane snacks. Went out and bought some Chex Mix. <laughs> yeah. Which What kind of Chex Mix? This savory. Matters. It was a savory Chex Mix. It's you're a, an, a lot you're, of cheese going on in that Chex oh, Mix. You're an expert on Chex Mix, correct? Right? Well, on I, just I'm, trail mix. I'm very particular about my trail mix. I'm what, not as particular, particular about, about my Chex, Chex Mix. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I only ask this question because I seek to understand the no. candy corn world, but uh, it, during the break, you said there were two different types of candy corn, and that if you get, quote, good candy corn, like there's only one kind, and it's uh, how, how do you get good candy corn compared to bad candy corn? No, listen, if you go out and get the Brax version of candy corn, that's good candy corn. That's name brand candy corn, and the name <laughs> on the bag matters when it comes to candy corn. Don't get the generic candy corn. The good candy corn has that honey taste because there is a honey factor in your candy corn candy. And when you know you have good candy corn candy is when you can taste the honey. If your company if your co- is your company, I should say, looking for a new way to reach customers, your company could be mentioned right now on this podcast. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcast. Our demographic is 98% males and more education and earning more than traditional media audiences. Sponsor the show that you love and share your message with other like-minded fans. Email info at LockedOnHornets.com. Once again, info at LockedOnHornets.com for more information. And if you, too, want to seek just how real that this love is for candy corn from Doug. And just I want to know the demographics kind of on candy corn. I want to know the demographics on actually people who like it. <laughs> exactly. I can't, I can't imagine too many people look like you and like candy corn with your flat bill reaching oh, to the sky. Be, and, oh, okay. I'm just saying. I, 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 all I'm saying beautiful is... Beautiful people love candy corn. Yeah, you, you are If beautiful. you say so. I'm just saying. So you've got a bag of Werther's at the house too, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you have the old strawberry wrapped candies that nobody can else ever can buy, but 80-year-old grandmas have them in their living room. No, I have caramels, actually. The single, right. the single caramels. Do you sit on your Davenport and eat them as well? I don't know what that is, <laughs> but if I had one, I certainly would consider sitting on it. <laughs> it's, it's, Good God. You can look that up and find out what it is. Let's get to the Patreon question. Dwayne wants to know... 
Why do you think JB is hesitating to start Miles over Marvin? So Dwayne... That's the Patreon question sound effect now. <laughs> Did you gong his question? I didn't think it's that bad. No, it's just a good, you know, is the gong bad? <laughs> it's, yes, the gong, the gong is always bad, bad right? Yeah. The gong, you insinuate that All right, with I'm bad sorry. things. I, all right, I'm sorry. Ask it again. All right. Dwayne asked on Patreon, quote, why do you think JB is hesitating to start Miles over Marvin? <laughs> that sound good. <laughs> all, right, well, all right, one more time. All right, all right. Dwayne wants to know on Patreon, quote, why do you think JB is hesitating to start Miles over Marvin? We breaking it down? I don't know what that is. I'll we'll work with what that. What in the world of it sounds African like, Bambata is that? <laughs> yeah, Planet Rock. We're at we're certainly at an arcade right now. All right, so let, let's get into it. Do you think that JP JB hesitating to start Miles over Marvin? Do you think that there is a shot that Miles actually sees some starting time with a healthy Marvin Williams on the floor this season? Not for a couple of months. Like I, the big thing is Miles showed his inexperience against the Heat last night. He showed why you can't play him against certain teams because certain teams know where to be. They're going to be the type of team that actually knows and executes and will execute on somebody that doesn't know exactly doesn't have their basketball IQ up just yet. And unfortunately for Miles, he's not there yet. So that's why you don't do it just yet. Give it a couple of months. And off. people are upset with Marvin, as they should be. Offensively, Marvin has not been very good, certainly. I, I do think that defensively, he's still making a lot of good plays. Yes. You just watch him down low. I really think that he's making the right rotations. You just watch him in the kind of team defense that this team plays. It seems like he's in the right spot. And watching Miles Bridges last night, it doesn't it doesn't seem like he's completely comfortable in that yet. I mean, I help side defense. I think Miles makes up for it because of his athleticism and there is a legitimate want to. There is an energy that he brings. Yeah. So maybe the body, the athleticism, it makes up for, oh hell, I don't know where I'm supposed to be right now until you think it's too late, but because he can soar out of the gym, he's able to swat he's, it away. Exactly. His athleticism will cover up a lot of flaws on where he where he needs to be. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's nope. just right now the more consistent thing is more of a knowing where to be at all times. On a team with Kimball Walker who going to dominate the game flow and the offense you really just want to put miles bridges in situations where he can get a few plays they had one play where they cleared out uh, the the weak side of the floor and allowed him to drive you want to set him up for a few highlight plays just continue to build his confidence as he learns the the ebbs and flows of an nba game it's this is not a donovan mitchell situation where utah needed him to come in and be the kimball walker they don't need that for miles right now so just be patient let him mature it's okay one day he's going to start in this league i'm sure of that all right thanks for listening to locked on hornets here on the locked on podcast network follow us on twitter and instagram at locked on hornets subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, stitcher overcast wherever you get your podcast just search locked on hornets we'll be back with you tomorrow to preview the Charlotte Hornets and Oklahoma City Thunder game. Stay away from candy corn, y'all. See you guys.